Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. You can't sell a secret, and that's a quote by Ray White. So hello again. Thanks for joining me and my super star guest, Mark Rosetto. I can't wait to pick his brain. <laughs> um, I know it, it won't hurt though, Mark. Don't worry. <laughs> Not too much. So uh, just a little note about what's up in the world of the profitable photographer is I am getting ready to launch my live coaching program called the Profitable Photographer Sales Academy. So if you want to go to lucydumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I, and send me a quick email, we can chat about that. Or you can just email lucy at lucydumas.com. So let me tell you about the fabulous Mark Rosetto. He is an international award-winning double master photographer and a highly sought after speaker. He's a qualified life and photography business coach. And before that, starting at age 25, he transformed his passion for photography from a hobby to one of Melbourne, Australia's most successful family and wedding photography studios. They've photographed over 500 families each year, Mark and his team, and are always booked to capacity. And now he spends his time teaching photographers the skills to build a successful business. So we have the same heart now for sharing our experience and inspiration, wisdom, whatever it is that comes from decades of experience. Um, he knows how to help people increase their sales, their profits, market, and all that good stuff. And he says, he has hundreds of success stories from both aspiring and seasoned professionals all around the world. And he's been a featured speaker for workshops everywhere. WPPI, NZIP. I don't know what that is, but I like it. New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand. New Zealand. NZIPP, SWPP, the Baby Summit, IAPP. He was featured on IPS Mastermind, PhotoBiz, Milky Way Retreat, Pet Photographers Club, and now the Profitable Photographer. You can add that to your bio, Mark. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. So welcome and thanks so much for saying yes. Um, it's five o'clock here in San Diego. What time is it in Australia? It is 10 a.m. Yeah. 10 a.m. Yeah. So it's a so it's an end of my day and the start of yours, unless you're a super early riser. Yeah, it's the next day. So it's Friday here. So I Oh yes, it's tomorrow. <laughs> it's tomorrow. I can predict the future, just letting you know tomorrow's gonna to be 25 degrees fine and sunny, no wind, and the world is not falling apart. Oh good. Phew. <laughs> okay, so my first question is just a little um a little one about where did you start? I know you started at 25, but um love to know a little bit more well i actually 
I actually started in the beautiful Whit Sundays, um, which is the Great Barrier Reef as an underwater dive photographer on a tourist boat. Mm. I used to take photos of tourists every day. We would get 60 people on the boat every day and I would be that photographer on board taking photos of Whitehaven Beach and snorkeling and diving. And that's where it really all truly started. Um, I learned to shoot to sell with the end product in mind pretty much on the boat because we sold our images on the way home um, from the day out that we kind of had. And ever mm-hmm. since then, I was hooked into photography and the business side of things and, um, and um, creating fantastic experiences for the clients that were on holidays, creating great images and then selling the images on the way home. That's oh, where fine. it truly started. That was the original. And the only really reason why it started, because I used to actually work in a bar. Um, and then a roommate was like, Hey, I'm an underwater dive photographer on a dive boat. And I'm like, cool. I love that idea. Can I do that? And they're like, well, can you dive? And I was like, well, no, I've never dived in my life. (laughs) They're like, okay. Uh, are you a photographer? And I'm like, well, no, I've never owned a camera. And they're like, (laughs) maybe you should get your dive, your open water course first and buy yourself a camera and then we'll talk. And about two months, three months after that, they uh, left the um the boat and i took over it and shazam overnight underwater dive <laughs> so that's where it. it truly started mm-hmm. um, but then moving to the uk i worked for venture portraits um we used to turn over a million pounds a year and i was that aussie funny photographer that sold the artwork to the clients um, so at a ripe old age of 22, I was selling millions of dollars worth of photography. Um, and that's where I got introduced to studio portraits. Mm. And from there, um, my visa ran out and got kicked out of UK, moved back to Australia. And um, we pretty much started photographing and started enhanced studios not far after that. Um, so, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a short story and started yeah. at home like everybody else. I came home with a backpack and a laptop and a camera and had absolutely nothing and started in a garage where I made the garage look pretty and mm-hmm. um, pretty much started from there, just like everyone so, else did. So what I love about your story is that you worked for other people and got to learn and I think some photographers who have the desire to be in this industry but aren't quite ready to completely go all in um, having to learn everything on the fly that that can be a really great option is to find somewhere to photograph with a company that has it pretty much together Um, I had that idea, Mark, when I was starting 39 years ago, but the studios I worked for, I learned as much about what not to do (laughs) as what to do, but I did get that experience of uh, having people in front of the camera, figuring out posing, lighting, doing sales for them, um, actually better than anybody had done before. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with with um, having that kind of experience in, especially in our early years. Would you agree with that? 
Oh, totally. In the old days, 20 years ago, there wasn't podcast and YouTube videos and educational platforms. The only way you got to learn is with the photographer that you're learning with or the mm-hmm. studio that you're learning with. Um, I worked, you know, working in a portrait studio for a year and a bit, that absolutely skyrocketed um, my own studio. And then mm-hmm. working with the wedding industry with Excite and our good friend, Jerry Dionis and also Nick, um, I worked with them for four years, learning how to ah. photograph our weddings. And I truly learned. How, so what you said about learning what to do and what not to do, Working with Excite and Nick and Jerry was just this, so much fun. And they were like rock stars in terms of learning from them and the mm. way they treat their clients and photograph and finish products. Like they're just phenomenal. But I did work for someone else that you use as a perfect example of what not to do. Um, and you, you learn a lot. But that really set me up for my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these days, man, you can go from zero to hero photographer within six to 12 months now, earning $100,000 easily mm-hmm. compared sure. to what we had, where we had to literally, mate, you need to carry cameras, carry lights, carry bags, assist. Like we actually mm-hmm. had to do it the hard way. Right. That's so and <laughs> Yeah. And there were no, like, if I look back on my many decades in this industry, there were not people like you and I no. who were coaching, learning how to coach from, you know, wherever you've gotten your certifications and so forth. There were mentors, but they were more, in my experience, they were more mentoring on photography and not so much on how to do business in a way that makes you profitable quickly. Yeah. And the so, mentor was, was not a paid mentor. The mentor was you assist in my studio until you mm-hmm. are ready to take photos and I will not right. pay you. And we said, yes, because yes. we want the experience. Exactly. So could you give me like two or three what not to do's? I've never asked that question, but I think it'd be kind of fun to see what you learned and I'll share a couple of things I learned from, from working with people uh, that weren't as strongly successful as I wanted to be. Okay. What not to do is don't, can I say, don't be a douchebag. Can I say that? Don't be a douchebag. Don't. You already said it. <laughs> don't. don't. Like, no, no backsies. Yeah. No backsies. Yeah. Like, don't do the bait and switch. Don't be sneaky. Don't be sly. Don't be, oh, I'll get them in on a special offer that's really cheap and I'll hide my prices and I'll only quote what I need to quote and I won't show them prices until they see their photos and then I'll make people buy it because they'll fall in love with the photos and because they love the photos so much, they'll pay for it. Don't do mm. that. That's just that's just like if, if, if you're... If you're just open, honest, transparent, great customer service, great images, great quality, great experience, people, you don't need to be sneaky. Just be honest and just connect with your clients and don't be a douchebag. Don't do a bait and switch. It's not fair and it's not good for your reputation either. It makes Mm -hmm. you like word gets around very quickly and you do not want to be that person. 
So, because I um, am a big proponent of the direct response marketing where people have an opportunity to, I call it try before you buy. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing you're not including that as a bait and switch. How, how is, how would a bait and switch be different than, than uh, gift certificate programs or Facebook ads or, you know, some other way that we get people in front of our camera with, with little investment or. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm all for shoot fees, session fees, gift vouchers, promotions, giveaways, model calls, third-party alliances, fates, fairs, carnivals, expos, and everything in between. Um, but when someone says, can you send me through your price list? And someone says, uh, no, sorry, we don't do that. That's mm -hmm. a part. Like, and sometimes you don't need to send an itemized price list. What I mean by itemized is literally a list of like spreadsheet style. Send them yeah. a beautiful a PDF with images, with explanation, send them YouTube videos or go, or even better on your website, have a products page that goes through what the products are, images of what the products are, video of what the products are. And it mm. even like, you don't have to have it itemized, but just do a, you know, um, fine art canvases start at four, 450 and go to 2,800. Like, mm. like have a, indication and that's fine and if you're on the phone with someone that is literally booking in that's when you can you know let them know what the prices are um, I've heard too much even to this day and there's even coaches who do this who is like we only quote on what they want to buy because it's all, all bespoke and it's like oh come on now it's not bespoke we do the same stuff mm -hmm. for every client mm -hmm. um, but so Mark I have to tell you it took me a couple of years to know that bespoke means custom <laughs> <laughs> but i know what it means now yeah and, <laughs> and 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 it's one of those things it's like oh no the price list is not available to take home between your shoot and the design appointment because um it's only for in studio like give people an opportunity to look at and see and soak up mm -hmm. and understand um so that when they come back for the design appointment they you're 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 going through the images and showing them what they want to have not going through the images and then going so what would you like to buy um or or and now that they're in front of you like when was the last time you made a two to three thousand dollar five thousand six thousand dollar investment within half an hour without thinking without knowing what the price was right beforehand yeah no one okay no one so what's number two of what not to do what that you learned you learn from the some of the people that you worked for yeah don't um don't um don't promise something you can't keep ah don't make a promise you can't keep like don't say that you can do something that you can't do whether it's photography wise whether it's product wise like if you can't get the product back in two weeks don't say that it'll be back in a week Mm. if you don't do like one client um you know if you don't do photographs of newborn babies in baskets and buckets because it's not your style and you're just going to have a crack at it on the day a it's dangerous for the baby you shouldn't do that but b like 
you know, stay within your parameters of your safety and what you know and deliver a great product. I got it. I, yeah. And that was something that, um, oh, when I was doing weddings, there was someone who I actually took a week long class at the start of my career about how to photograph weddings. And he had a lot of wisdom. He also was a really good salesperson at getting people booked. And he booked up, this is on the don't, you know, the not falling through on your promises. He got his schedule so full that he had no time to actually do the work of creating the albums and showing the proofs. And he would brag that he was driving around with like 10 people's negatives from weddings. So he, he was overbooking. So he couldn't keep his promise that when, you know, when you're hiring a wedding photographer, you assume you're going to get the photographs, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally, totally. Do you know what the, the, the other one, the other one is like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. If you're getting swamped with bookings and you can't keep up with your production or your phone calls or your shoots or your editing or whatever it is, like remove the pride and just ask for help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically don't be a lone wolf. Don't, you know, I can do it all myself. I mean, I don't think anybody has a million dollar studio that doesn't have some kind of a team. Maybe, uh, you know, I know people who they do their own photography, but I know they have people that are helping them in, in other ways to keep, keep the studio running so cool so uh, was it a, was that in on that one or did i interrupt you no no on that asking for help that's it that's it okay, cool yeah get help before you need it um and i would suggest as a you know maybe this isn't an issue for you but my first thing is to support people getting a housekeeper because a lot of the women that are starting businesses are still doing the housework. And I'm like, okay, you can pay somebody lovely $20, $25 an hour while you do your work. You give them work, you get a nice clean house and you free up so much time. So that that's, that's to me the easiest first thing that a lot of people can do. Yeah, totally. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So I am interested in your ideas about shooting for the end products in mind. So can you share us that concept and how you plan for that? Yeah. So I call it shooting for success. Um, I was literally on the phone with someone um, from the States the other day, uh, two days ago. Um, and they had a hundred and oh, how many 150 bookings in the diary? And I'm like, congratulations, that's amazing. But once you, once we dived in a little bit, the yeah, they were doing the bait and switch scenario. Um, mm -hmm. really easy to book in, had 150 people booked in for a photography shoot, and that was really cool, and that worked out exceptionally well. But then from there they actually didn't know what they booked in for. 
they didn't know, they don't know how long the shoot is, what the experience is, how long it takes, what the products are. The photographer doesn't know who they are, what the age groups are, what kids are involved or not involved, the special needs, doesn't have a photo of the wall of where they're going to shoot for. They pretty much, families come in, take their pretty photos and then do a design appointment and the photographer turns to the, the client and goes, so what do you, so what do you think? you know what would you like to buy which mm. is a password or kind of code for i've got no idea what you really want i just photographed what i think looks really cool would you like to buy something because i think that you should <laughs> yeah pretty much and yeah so what would be a better scenario for that person like how would you advise them to proceed instead yeah, so what you would do is what I was mentioning before is that shooting to sell with the end product in mind. That before we even start, we need to make sure that your marketing is on trend with your brand, with your brand identity, the client experience, the products you offer, how it works, what your videos are, what your education process is. So before the booking is even, even booked, the client has a really good understanding about what it is that you do. You specialize in creating beautiful contemporary images in stunning artwork to transform your house into a home. Mm. That's what you do. You're not just, I'm a photographer that takes beautiful family photos. Mm -hmm. But for what? For what purpose? Where is it going to go? So for starters, your marketing is going to be on point for the end product. So have products on have a products page on your website have okay. uh, room views of images in rooms on your website albums on your social media post photos of clients picking up their artwork post photos of room views post the videos of going through what a fine art album is um, you know educate your people from the start so when they do book into your studio and you have the booking when it comes to booking for the photo shoot is that you send out a pre-shoot questionnaire which mm. talks about what to wear and what to bring but more importantly what style of photography do you like do you like color or black and white where would you love to display sorry how would you love to display your artwork like are you looking for that one single hero print or do you prefer a collection of images that tell a story of the family or mm -hmm. do you prefer an album where you can keep it as a family heirloom? You know, do mm -hmm. you like canvases, frames, albums, portfolio boxes, and digital files? Like, where would you love to display the artwork in your home? Is it the lounge room, the bedroom, the family room, a hallway, above a buffet? You know, then mm -hmm. what color tones suit your home? Is it a warm home, a cool home? Is it earthy? Is it neutral? Is it pastel? Is it been, and then the styling, country modern coastal you know scandinavian like all of these questions are important because the clothing you choose the posing you choose the style of finished product you choose needs to complement a their personality and b where they're going to display in their home mm -hmm. if you've got a really super modern house and you put something in a canvas ornate kind of frame it doesn't suit the space that would suit mm -hmm. a metal print, an acrylic print, a box, a, a canvas, something that's a little bit more modern. But if you've got a traditional home, putting 
a, a metal print in a traditional home is going to be also out of whack. So having the right products, but it's also the saying of, if you want better answers, ask a better questions. Mm. So Pre-shoot questionnaire, if you had all that information that we just spoke about then, uh, Lucy, anyone could shoot that shoot because you're actually shooting mm. for a purpose. Mm -hmm. The next part is that take a photo, ask the clients to take a photo of their rooms. We've got ProSelect and Fundy and Swift Galleries and all the other ones out there um, where you can superimpose their artwork on their walls. So mm -hmm. when someone says, oh, an 11 by 14 inch print is a perfect size, you can go, mm, no, not really. Can you look at this? <laughs> it's going to look like this. And then they're like, oh, that is pretty small, isn't it? And you can mm -hmm. recommend the size and product to suit that space so what i'm hearing is that one of the hats that we want to wear that maybe people a lot of people don't is the designer is is being someone that uh like an interior decorator doesn't just say okay i i always do this mid-century modern couch and i always do this paint color for room and i always you know, put the credenza over here, they come in, they find out about the home, the style, how people live in a space, and then they decorate and advise accordingly. And that's what I'm hearing from you is that when we wear that, the hat of the designer and the decorator, then the session itself we we have a lot of information that as you said even if you are not the sole photographer not even if because that but if you decide you want a studio where you have other people working for you you've already laid out this is what you need to do at the session am i right is that my on track with that pretty much you're pretty much planning what we're going to photograph because who knows you might have this eight meter long horizontal beautiful space with a six seater couch in a big open kind of living area or you might have an entry where you walk in your front door it's only a meter and a half uh, wide but you, it's it's quite tall it's four let's say it's four meters high it's like a grand entry mm -hmm. so you can't shoot something horizontally for the entry because that'll look weird you need to shoot it to suit the purpose. Right. So that's do you know who, do you know who Ken Whitmire was? Uh, I think so. Yeah. The name's very familiar. He used to do uh, a wall portrait conference in Yakima, Washington, and he worked until he was 85. He was on the way to uh, something with his studio on the coast and then had a heart attack. Oh. So he was here full on and then gone which is how he would have wanted it and i attended and actually taught at the wall portrait conference several times and when he taught you know i love what you just said after he booked he would do what he calls a go see uh to look at their space and often in in, in his slideshow you would see these installations where it might be 80 inches wide and 18 inches tall. 
because there's the perfect space. Yeah. Um, and Yakima, Washington has a lot of farm country, wide open spaces, not a lot of trees. I know it's Washington, but it's Eastern Washington. So he would do like these incredible, massive imagery that that filled spaces in homes. So um, yeah, so his legacy lives on in your teachings and the teachings of other people, even if you don't know that some of that probably originated from him decades ago. So yeah, we always, I think we think in like, like, oh, it has to, we can't crop, we can't do square, we can't do tall and skinny. Like thinking outside of the initial frame is kind of what I'm hearing you say as well. Yeah, it's pretty much if you get a photo of the client's home after the photo shoot, you're too late. Mm -hmm. Photo of the client's home needs to be before the photo shoot. So mm -hmm. then what happens when we're actually photographing, um, we need to make sure that before we even pick up the camera to take the photos, you need to be like, right, this is what we're shooting for. This is what mm -hmm. we're planning. This is your outfits. These are your clothes. This is what we're going to run through. Are you happy with that? Is there anything else that we're going to miss? Is there something that you really love? You know, if we can get a photo of, let's just say, for you guys walking along the beach, laughing, holding hands as a scenery shot, would you love to display that in your lounge room like we spoke about? And they say yes. Then guess what you photograph? them walking along holding hands down a beach as a as an environmental portrait but if, mm -hmm. they said, if they say oh no we're kind of looking for something closer like before you pick up the camera you should really already know what you're shooting for mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't yeah. mean that you only shoot for that though obviously right. you need to make sure that you shoot you should be able to shoot photograph a client so it doesn't matter what they decide afterwards or have a change of mind, you've got the shots to make it work. So right. whether they want an album or a storyboard or a large collection or a hero piece or looking at the camera or looking at each other or something funny or something serious, like you cover all those combinations with the family combinations, the camera angles, the backgrounds, the expressions, the light, the movement, the styling, the props, you know, shoot with the final product in mind and shoot with collections in mind. Mm -hmm. So when you come to the design appointment, you're really like, the, the options are endless. If they change their mind to want an album, you've got that. If they want mm -hmm. a storyboard, absolutely. The right. last thing you want to do is turn to a client and go, oh yeah, we didn't really shoot for that. Yeah, right. I I miss that shot. I've got, I've got you and your son and you and your daughter and I've got your partner and your son, but I actually miss the photo of your partner and your daughter. I mean, yeah, sorry. Whoops. Like, that's not good enough. <laughs> it's like right. red strike. Um, right. You need to make sure that you cover all the combinations. Now, so, so what I'm hearing is be sure you do the, the, the first goals well it, but also do more do what you know they might want that they like a book or 
some other collections for another part of the home that they they don't know initially. So so get the basics done, but also yeah. be strategic about other things you can offer them. Is it exactly shoot exactly what they want, and then once you've got that, you go to town and have some fun with it. Yeah, like, have some fun with it. Get as like we used to have it in our studios. We only shot for an hour hour and a half in our studio for the families so we would mm -hmm. shoot we would shoot what they know they wanted to suit their style design and, and things we would always spend the last five to ten minutes of the photo shoot just go crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> do a different lighting do a different setup do a different pose do a different thing like go go nuts knock yourself out stretch yourself creatively do something out of the box like mm -hmm. try it because do you know what end of the day a you need to learn and to push yourself and b they might actually like it yes um, and you might even get some print competition exactly. work out of it <laughs> one of my mentors joyce wilson my early mentors she would say one for thee and one for me yeah so she taught us to do all of what is expected and desired and then dig deeper and do more that's coming from that muse and also from what sounds like you and I are uh, of the same mind that when we have more to show, we have more to sell and that's always a good thing. Exactly. Cause then we get into like after the photo shoot and this is probably one of the most important things that people go, Oh, you actually do that. Um, do a product, a, a post shoot product walk through. Now, this is easy when you have a studio space. Like, it's very easy. When you're on location, it's harder. And am I asking you to be a traveling roadshow? Yeah, kind of. Ah. In the simplest terms. Like, it doesn't mean you take every single sample and every single product and every single side. But if I was shooting on location and I knew the family really liked an album and a boxed uh, canvas, uh, kind of for argument's sake, I would take those products uh, with me on location if I didn't, mm. if I didn't do, if I didn't do a pre-shoot consult where they're in the studio. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get the product in their hand so they can see it, touch it, hold it, turn the pages and actually tactically feel it. Mm -hmm. When they come into the design appointment, they've seen the products, you've gone through the products, You've gone through the prices of full transparency, itemized of this is what you'd like to get, right? Mm -hmm. So they walk away with a little beautiful printed product guide, which talks about the different products and collections mm. and layouts and how to choose artwork for your home. And, and also too, how to pay for the artwork of what happens next in the design appointment. So they're, again, transparency. And then what will happen when they come in for the actual design appointment, this is a testimony from a coaching client I got the other day that posted on the master marketing course. So, so the photographer wrote in the post, systems, education, and good connections with clients. I love that I have so many clients ready to invest before they see their photos and I don't have to hard sell anything. Mm. And she has a screenshot of the text message that the client sent to the photographer, hello, this person, 
thank you so much for today and oh my god the sneak peek you shared honestly brought tears to my eyes such a beautiful image i discussed the photos with my partner a blank i just wanted to give you a heads up that i that i think we would be get your 1990 uh, package can't wait to see the images nice like wouldn't it be nice yeah. to be able to walk into every design appointment without going gee i hope they like it i wonder what they're gonna buy and yes. just walk into every design appointment to go hey lucy so pumped to show you your photos let's have a look at this slideshow and let's choose some beautiful artwork and they go yay that sounds like a perfect plan like this is what i was saying earlier i guess don't be a douchebag don't be a bait and switch just be transparent and just be honest and work with your clients to create something specifically that they want not just you photograph whatever you feel like and hope they buy something later right yeah i i can almost feel people who are listening to this have kind of like a oh, as they hear you say it because that's even though you know we do a lot of the same things just to hearing you say that that's what i feel is that relief is i think that so many people think that selling is a dirty word and that it has to be high pressure and what i'm hearing from you is it's education it's step by step creating the desire um for me and and i heard you say in in this but i'm always wanting my clients to once they look around and they see spaces that would be beautiful for art then they miss it even though it's not ready yet because they're like they're already like they're sitting on their couch and they're seeing that blank wall or the place with the mirror that they know there's going to be something beautiful there and it's like they get hungry yeah. for that and so same i invested well in a people that listen regularly might have heard me talk about buying a new luxury bed it's latex and it's got the it's automated so i can tilt it and waiting for that to show up and imagining how i was going to feel sleeping in that that bed um you know made the the cost of it eventually like just irrelevant so I'm hearing you say, you know, get that, get that desire and get them pre-planning and thinking about the money yeah. beforehand. And I bet you when you first even had that slight idea of, I'm going to buy a new bed, you did your research, you looked around and in the initial sticker um, kind of shock of the price tag, I can imagine you were like, whoa, okay. Didn't expect right. that. <laughs> Right. But we spoke about it like I do an Aussie morning bar up call on Clubhouse and we spoke about this exact thing the other day that it's the price anchoring it's the okay didn't expect it done the research now understand why and now you've made a decision to buy it type thing exactly. so you mm -hmm. don't have to hide your prices and be a bait and switch or or be kind of dodgy about giving too much information or, mm -hmm. or hiding the fact of what you want to sell. 
people need to, you know, if you're going to make an investment, whether it's a bed or a boat or a car or photography or putting in a pool or something, like you need to know the facts. That's right. what you just, and, and, and the company that's the most helpful, relevant, educated, nice, willing to work with you, willing to, you know, help explain what the process is because you've never built a pool in the past. It's the first time to help you understand they're the ones that you're going to go with almost regardless of the price. Right. Because they're the ones that you put the trust in because they're mm -hmm. the ones that have taken the time to actually help you understand it and educate about it. Yeah, exactly. I love this topic. Um, but I know one of your other superpowers is marketing. And so I would love to hear some tips of the Mark Rosetto super successful ways to get ideal clients pounding on our doors or <laughs> however they come to it. So uh, are you open to switching to putting on your marketing idea hat? Oh, I love a good marketing talk. How long have we got? <laughs> it's like as long as you want. Uh, listeners are going hey i can i got hours here so go ahead yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. look i love marketing and probably one of the things about photography that i love the most and and i know this is going to be a shock horror um i'm not that good a, of a photographer i know i'm always like, <laughs> it's like i am, i am a you know double master photographer of the aipp master photographer with wppi i'm a solid very solid 8081 <laughs> very solid 8081 um and what i love is the chase of the client and giving them an unbelievable client experience that they did not expect it to be that phenomenal and I mm -hmm. love taking a client through the journey of, I just want a couple of photos. <laughs> and right. the couple of photos come out the other end and it's like, they've got beautiful wall art and then an album and they are raving fans, okay. like raving fans. So when so it let's talk about the chase. How do you, how do you oh. land? Like, where do you go fishing? What's your bait? <laughs> okay. So for starters, you've got to get that foundations right. So you've got to really understand your brand identity and the digital footprint that you have. If they Google search you, you need to be found. Do not be invisible. You can't expect people to find you when you're hiding. So you mm -hmm. need to make sure that you're across the social media platforms, your website, and you have a really strong brand story. Doesn't matter where they find you, whether it's a gift voucher, a third party alliance, a social media, an Instagram, a Facebook, a Snapchat, a TikTok, or whatever you want to call it, they will at some stage go to your website. Your website right. is your shop, is your uh, shop front. So mm -hmm. you need to have a supercharged uh, website with awesome content, awesome images, educational, personable, connected, helpful, and just something that looks really slick because from the website, they're going to judge you before they even talk to you on your website and your social media platforms before they even reach out to you. Before they reach out to you though, you need to have a killer offer. You need to understand what it is that you're actually offering to your clients and having 
an offer that connects with your clients is really important. And the offer can be a mix of different things, but there's four basic steps on how to craft an offer. First one, so grab, grab a pen and paper. Yeah. Have a genre. Like who are you actually targeting? But don't say kind of families. Families is too broad or children. Okay. Like children's too broad. Like who are you actually targeting? Are you targeting primary age uh, kids? Because that was my favorite age group. So mm-hmm. if you're trying to target primary age kids, those kids are aged between six and 12, right? The mm-hmm. tripwire. Why are you targeting these people is kind of number two. What's the reason you want them to book in? It's school holidays coming up. It's the fall coming up. It's the end of the year. It's like there's a reason. Like while they're young enough to have fun, uh, but old enough to, like, sorry, while they're old enough to understand, but still young enough to have kind of fun and you capture all that innocence and fun and Mm -hmm. playfulness. What is the offer? What will they actually get? So is it a credit towards wall art? Is it an extra print? Is it like, what is the offer? Like, what are you including with this offer? Like if it's a Mother's Day, are you including, I don't know, a bunch of flowers or a bottle of wine or kind of champagne on arrival or hair and makeup included? Like the offer has to be uh, relevant to the genre. And the fourth thing is the call to action. How do you want them to book? Like be specific. Is it a call? Is it a text? Is it an email? Is it a fill out a form? Is it do a pre-shoot questionnaire? I mean, a, a pre-consult? Is it a just private message me on Instagram and I'll reach out and say hi? Like whatever mm-hmm. works for you, you've got to be really clear. Mm-hmm. Because then we get into the three main focus points, passive, active, and digital marketing. They are as important as ISO, a shutter speed, and aperture. You know. Okay, hold on. Passive, active, and digital. So those are three kinds of marketing. That's correct. Passive. Okay, awesome. Active and digital marketing. Because I've got my pen, so because <laughs> I do a quick wrap up, so uh, I want to know what I'm saying. Great. Cool. So there's passive, there's active, and there's digital marketing. Okay. So passive marketing is kind of like a billboard passive marketing is when people know who you are and what you do and they understand you and your brand story and they understand um it's kind of being found so you're not invisible so it's more like a billboard and being seen it keeps your business top of uh, mind and in sight of your clients it's a brilliant way to advertise without being like a salesperson. But the warning, be careful not to be too uh, lazy in your passive marketing strategies because people don't necessarily uh, wake up in the morning and go, oh, I'm going to call Lucy today to book in a family portrait. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't. So, do what, so what are examples of passive other than uh, putting a billboard on the freeway. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. Uh, I'll do it in one breath. 
first birthday cards, anniversary cards, promotional branding, educational videos, testimonial videos, studio walk-ins, schools, networking, VIP groups on Facebook, um, sponsoring sporting teams and communities, um, SEO, websites, networking, local newspapers, media, videos, collaborations, forum sites, email signatures, um, a, a packaging, billboards, car signage, uniform, get yourself certified, photography awards, business awards, speaking <laughs> events. Like, just don't be invisible. Yeah. So basically all the things. Yeah. <laughs> and both both in the flesh and uh, in the digital world. Exactly. Well, okay. exactly. Because then once you've got, like think of passive marketing is like Apple products, right? Apple products, mm -hmm. Apple is probably one of the best passive marketing strategy businesses on the globe. They're never on sale, but everybody wants it. They've mm -hmm. got so much desire in, in their product that everybody knows who they are through the marketing strategies that they have. But then you have active marketing. And active marketing is when you actively wanna go out and bring clients into your business. You are collecting a data from your clients to follow up with like a name or phone number, an email or a buy now or a click here or a Facebook pixel or a Facebook ad or whatever it is. You can, you can test and measure your results to help improve, to grow your business in the future with the campaigns that you have. Now, the be careful part, don't be too aggressive when it comes to active marketing. You come across too cheap and you're mm -hmm. always on sale and you're aggressive. Right. Buy this now, this is on sale, book now, 50% off, half price, buy this, get that. Like you're constantly on sale. Mm -hmm. And then you just look cheap and nasty. Right. The, there's a term, uh, he's more in the dating world probably, but the term hungry. Like if you come across too hungry, uh, that is, you know, you want to push away from that. And also like, there's, like, when I go to, well, let's say county fair and there's these big halls that have booths and stuff to buy. And when there's a jewelry counter and right off the bat, they say everything's half price. That tells me, no, the price they list, they never sell at that. Exactly. So I, it doesn't motivate me because it's just always the same aggressive sales system. Yeah. So, yeah. Would you like some examples? Of yes, I would. That was my next question. Okay. You've got calendar marketing, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, Facebook strategies and social media marketing, which is your family's wanted and your model calls and your collaborations and your giveaways, family of the year, family of the month, family of the season, wedding of the year, third party alliances, schools, fates, fairs, charities, headshots, street of the week, mini sessions, expos, markets, radio, the book project, girl book projects. Black Fridays, mm -hmm. call to actions, host an event, like all of these are strategies to bring people into your studio. Because what's going to happen, it's when you're at, let's just say, uh, a third-party alliance. That's, that's an easy one, right? Mm -hmm. 
It's when you buy a house, buy a car, buy a jewelry, get a haircut, go to the PT, get your dog washed, <laughs> something. Mm-hmm. You'll be given a gift certificate as a thank you from the business. Mm-hmm. When they see the gift certificate, they pick it up in their hand and they're like, oh, Lucy, oh, where have I seen that? With all your marketing mm. strategies, they're like, oh, she's the one that's on the corner of Watson such street. And I think mm-hmm. her kid goes to my stool because I see her car with the writing, with um, the name mm. on it. Mm-hmm. So we're linking some dots. It's like we're playing chess with our clients. And when we do an active marketing campaign, or let's say you go to that fundraiser event and you, they see your auction item, you're like, ah, oh, I know Lucy. She actually photographed a friend of ours that went to her studio because I went to their house and they had this beautiful artwork on the wall. Um, I'm, pr- I'm sure that's the same person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, yeah. uh, it's the passive marketing that gets you noticed. I mean, that, right. that, that is kind of gets your brand identity. It's the active marketing that gets them in the door and it's your digital marketing that amplifies everything. Okay. Now that you've got a brand identity, you've supercharged your website, you've got a great offer, you're passively active in, in your community, you've created some active marketing campaigns, but then you're going to use your digital marketing strategies with paid advertising or SEO um, or blogging or email marketing and landing pages and lead magnets and webinars and all this other cool stuff that we have to amplify everything that you're doing. Mm, so it okay. doesn't reach just two or three or five people. It reaches hundreds and thousands of people who know about you. Right. That is the beauty between digital, active and passive. But what mm-hmm. happens People skip the passive because it's too much work. They don't know what offer they want to create, but they do know that they need to do something. So I don't know, they'll do a model call. And what they'll do, they'll pop it up on Facebook or Instagram for a model call and they will put it out there to the world, but no one knows who they are. The website that they fall back onto is old and rubbish and uneducated and a bit boring. Mm-hmm. And all this effort with this digital marketing campaign is going to flop because you haven't got that foundation set up in the first place to amplify the business that you have. That makes total sense. Boom. Yes. That for you. Is that and enough? Just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I really love that overview. And, and what I appreciate is it's not like, okay, well, here's the three marketing strategies I'd like to use. Because you just listed like a umpteen million, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, just rattled it all, all, all the things, both in the passive and the active and the digital. So I love that you are giving us the concept and the importance. Now, I'm sure that uh, people whose heads are swimming and, you know, maybe even perfectionist, it can be overwhelming thinking about this and that you probably agree that you don't have to do it all perfect all at once, step at a time. Absolutely. (laughs) Just choose. I know businesses that just do a book project, but they're passive marketing strong and they just do one active campaign, which is a book projects that get them busy all year round. Mm -hmm. 
but yeah. sustainability wise, you want to have, you know, you, you want to have three or four third party alliances working in the background. You right. might do one or two feed Facebook strategies per year. Um, we're given a, a gift of Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, Black Friday on a silver platter of promoting how important family and people are kind of to mm -hmm. us. Like start with the obvious and start with what works in your strengths and then just build on it over time. Right. A sustainable business should have between five to 12 marketing strategies, both pa passive and active running at any one given time. Cool. <laughs> but remember five to 12 doesn't have to be a lot, be confusing. Like one of those is referrals. Right. When I say referrals, referrals isn't, Hey Lucy, can you um send some people my way? That's not a marketing strategy. That's just you. Right. Begging. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be out of there. Hey, yeah. Hey, Lucy, I'm glad you've had an amazing experience. What I do have, I've got three gift certificates that you could pass on to your friends and family that would also love to have the experience. You know, mm. have an actual strategy behind it. So, right. you know, um, referrals is kind of a, one of those. Your next one is like a uniform, really simple. Like, wear it everywhere so people start to recognize who you are um your calendar marketing like you've already got five major holidays and there's also international dog day and there's family day and there's first day of school like there's heaps of a national calendar events that you can market with so mm. as much as i say five to twelve marketing campaigns at any one given time it's not five to twelve facebook ads for model calls at one time right it's like you know one blog can be transferred from a blog to an email marketing for that particular month which mm -hmm. should also be sent out um, with a special offer like it's almost taking one piece of content and stretching it across lots of marketing strategies mm -hmm. don't have to complicate it people just get right. started right I, I sometimes have thought I wasn't a great marketer and because I wasn't often doing things that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. And the things I did enjoy, like charity events and um, I don't know, I'll just list that. It, I like doing those. I love contributing. So it didn't feel like that was like a marketing thing, but it got me tons and tons of amazing clients. So sometimes the strategies don't, the, the strategies that have worked well for me in weddings, especially, I didn't realize I was the queen networker until like years into it because I like to create relationships. I like to make friends. If I like something, I tell people about it. And so I just naturally was doing that thinking, huh, I really should learn how to market. <laughs> and, yeah. and I was always so booked that I had to turn work away. I, I limited, uh, I only would do three weddings a month because energy wise and work wise, that's what I wanted to do. So I, 
the moral of this of that little story is marketing can be fun. Oh, marketing so much fun. It is so fun taking um, getting clients to fall in love with you and become raving fans. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Yeah. Well, Mark, oh my gosh, I got to have you back because I knew that this would be just a content rich and fun and inspiring conversation. And it has, and then some. So so I have two uh, quick questions for you. Number one, how do we get in touch with you? And I know you have a special coupon for something just for my listeners. So so the best way to get in in touch with me to see what we do is go to markrosetto.com that's the website Uh, but I do love to play on a Facebook as well as the photography business coach we have a group of about 4,000 people I will warn you we are mostly Australians and we're a little bit of a batshit crazy um so why I love being in that group (laughs) (laughs) the other part where you can find me is every morning which will be your afternoon in the states we do an aussie morning fire up call on clubhouse and it's can't convert the times because my brain can't work that quick but it's 8 45 till 9 15 australian eastern standard time where we literally start our day just having a fire up call and going right what are you working on today what's Mm. happening and it's not just me it's some of the australia's best photographers and we do get some visitors from around the world as well and we're not a clubhouse one two three hour talk talking crap we are there for half an hour there for good Mm. time and not a long time we get in we help each other we get out we start our day a little bit of inspiration to kick you off that's that's where you can find me um okay then the next thing is that I do have a course. Um, I've done this particular talk at WPPI and all around the world multiple times um, called the Photography Business uh, Benchmark is where you discover the eight core areas of a successful photography business and you actually uh, you do a scoring and like a rating where you elevate, you evaluate your business in the eight core areas of your business. And um, what we do is give you hundreds of hints and tips and ideas to build your business to be more sustainable. Because we all know that being a great photographer, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a successful photography business. Right. We all know that there are amazing photographers, amazing that can't that can't uh, you that can't get a client and kind of book themselves for the right. life of them yeah and then so we, also, we also know the other way hey lucy where it's like shocking photographers very mediocre photographers and they're constantly booked mm-hmm. it's crazy so we go through the eight core areas of the environment the price the products the phone calls the photography the marketing the one percenters systems workflow and report building skills we store it on a wheel and if your wheel has a couple of bumps on it you'll be a bumpy ride and have a bumpy business what Mm. you want to have is like a smooth ride and looking at your business holistically got it and so that's at markrosetto.com slash the dash photography dash business dash benchmark slash 
right? Yep. And then there's a coupon code that's Lucy21. And it's Lucy with an I. Thanks for noticing that, Mark, when you set that up. Anytime. anytime. Okay, question number two. So is there something that you haven't shared with us yet that you think, oh man, I wish I'd have shared that? Or just kind of your final word that to have people leave uh, holding it in their heart. Probably what's, the, what's your wrap up? Probably the final word is that, um, oh, hmm. Oh, wait, let me, wait, wait. I'll read something out. This is my final word. This is my wrap up. Hold with me. Okay. As to methods, there are a million and then some, but principles are few. The man that grasps the principles can successfully select his own uh, methods. The man who tries the methods ignoring the principles is sure to have trouble. Harrington Edmondson, early 20th century efficiency engineer. Mm. In a photography terms, what does that mean? Yes. In what does the, that mean? In the photography world, we all do the same stuff. We all want to take pretty photos. We all want to produce beautiful artwork. The principles are all exactly the same. The methods, oh my goodness, there is a million ways to run a successful photography business. Choose the methods to suit you and your personality and your lifestyle and your family life and know your limitations of what you can do and produce. But please don't mess with the principles good client experience great systems and workflow great clean photography shoot with the end product in mind create beautiful artwork and mainly above all don't be a douchebag <laughs> <laughs> i'm all for that so um i want to remind the listeners to stay tuned after we bid adieu to the fabulous Mark for my quick wrap up, if that's possible, of all this goodness that he just shared. Um, so Mark, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being on this show. I appreciate all that wisdom and you probably know selling is my superpower. So I love getting more depth of, of the marketing because that's your love and um you know it's a we need both strongly in order to make this all work so um yeah thank you thank you thank you anytime thanks for having me it's always good for a chat you're welcome that was such good information i just love having a podcast and being able to have a one-on-one -on -one private conversation with someone that is really got some great info and then I get to share it with you. So what is better than that? Just a reminder that I am starting to book people into my sales course called the Profitable Photographer Sales Academy. It's going to be a six month program. We're going to cover uh, the overall sales perspective one month. Then we're going to cover what you say on the telephone. Then the consultation, how you photograph for success and plant seeds, the sales room, and then handling objections. And um, a lot of people have gotten some great 
success from that. So feel free to get in touch with me and we can have a quick chat and see if it's a good fit for you. So quick wrap up. Marketing is one of his superpowers. He loves marketing. He says some of the steps are one, to have a clear brand and a digital footprint and be found across social media platforms. Number two, we need to have a killer website and other things that people find with our name and visuals because they're going to judge us before they reach out and we need a killer offer. He said, um, I've just got so many notes. Um, we want to have a clear genre. We want to, number two, target people in a way that gives them a reason to call. Number three, have an incredible offer. Number four, be sure to have a call to action. So like when we do a promotion, they need to know how to get in touch with us. Um, and his three areas, I thought that was really powerful, is in marketing, we have passive, which is like our billboard, just being visible. Number two is active, where you go out and you bring clients to you for reasons. Number three is digital marketing, which amplifies everything. There can be lead magnets, blogging, paid advertising, and such. He suggests we have three to 12 strategies at all times. And um, so that that's the foundation of marketing that I really appreciate having that big picture. We also talked about what not to do. And he said, don't be sneaky, or in his words, don't be a douchebag. <laughs> you know, like be transparent about what you do and what your pricing is. Um, number two, don't make promises that you can't keep. Number three, don't be afraid to ask for help. And then the other topic we covered was his um, teachings on shooting with the end in mind. And some of that is the pre-planning. So you know uh, what clients want, what kind of work, what their home is like, how to design it for their, their um, space. And at the same time, knowing that when we photograph, there's things that people are going to want that they don't know they want. So when we're photographing, do the, the, what you need and then do the more. So you have more to sell. So just want to thank Mark again for taking the time um, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's Australia, so it's not today in Australia, it's tomorrow, but taking the time to chat and um, stay tuned for my next awesome guest because I've got a really, really great lineup of people I'll be talking to this fall. Okie doke. Here's a big hug coming at you. One, two, three, hug. <laughs> Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.